Good morning. Welcome to all of you who are joining us today. I always look forward every week to this moment when, as a community, we gather together around God's Word with the expectation that we will be changed. You know, I've been wrestling with two questions for the last several weeks, and that is, how do you follow Jesus in a pandemic? How do you actively share God's love with other people when you're sheltering in place? It's, it's obvious that we can follow Jesus during a pandemic, and we can share God's love when we're sheltering in place, but it looks different. Zoom meetings, FaceTime, text messages. I mean, who would have thought just a few weeks ago that picking up the phone might be one of the best ways we can serve another person in Jesus' name? Who, who would have thought that running to the grocery store uh, and picking up some supplies for a neighbor could suddenly become the most important spiritual discipline that maybe we've ever done before? And, and what about not just what we're doing for others in Jesus's name, but what about how we're choosing to spend time with Jesus, to spend time with God? In other words, what about not just serving, but praying? How do you pray during a, a viral outbreak? How do you pray when the economy seems like it's falling further every time you look at it? I mean, prayer can be one of those challenging, complicated things, even in the best of times. But now, in these times, uh, it's been more obvious to me than ever before in my life that prayer can't just be some kind of spiritual task on my to-do list. Prayer is essential. It's a lifeline. But it can only function as a lifeline in our spiritual lives if we're holding on to prayer as tightly as we possibly can. I don't know what it is, but I've always had a complex, challenging relationship with prayer. I mean, when it comes to, to saying prayers out loud in public, I, I have times where I'm uncomfortable with it. And, and I know what you're thinking. I, I know that several of you right now would like to pull me aside and, and just gently say to me, Jared, you probably should have thought that through a little bit more before you decided to go into your particular line of work. And you're absolutely right. Public prayer is a part of being a preacher. There's just no way to get around that. Uh, but there are these times socially where I don't quite expect it, and it sneaks up on me. And it's always when I'm out with a group of, of Christian friends, and suddenly the food's all there, and everything gets a little quiet, and every head at that table swivels towards me, and I realize it's time for me to say a prayer. And maybe I've been caught up in a conversation, I haven't been thinking about it, and suddenly when I realize I'm expected to talk to God for other people, in their presence, I, I get nervous. I get sweaty palms. I, I start to stumble over my words. I'm just, I have these times when talking to God for other people in front of other people is something that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And if I'm going to be really vulnerable and confessional with you this morning, and I want to be, it, it's not just times of public prayer that make me feel that way. It's also times of private prayer, times when I'm talking to God all by myself. And, and suddenly, I have to admit that there are these, these moments in my prayer life when I suddenly feel lost. I feel stuck. I feel like I, I have this awkwardness that rises to the surface of my spirit where I feel certain I'm missing something. That as many times as I've said prayers before, I'm not doing something quite right. That I've kind of lost my way and I don't know how to be comfortable in my own skin as I open up my heart to God. And as, as much as I'm embarrassed to admit it, I'm really good at quitting things I'm not already good at. 
You know, I'm really good at quitting things that I'm, I'm struggling with that aren't coming easily. You, you have no idea how many times I have promised myself I'm going to start an exercise program. I'm, I'm going to start a body strengthening regimen. Only 10 days later to give up because I found some other book that, that was a lot more interesting than working out. I mean, you don't get a body like mine on accident. You get a body like mine when you quit. I mean, really quit trying to develop it. And as much as we all know that's a bad idea, that it's a bad thing to quit trying to develop a healthy body, it's even worse, brothers and sisters, when we give up, when we quit trying to develop a healthy soul. I mean, we know that if we're ever going to become the people that God promises us that we can be, we, we cannot quit at prayer. It's just not an option. I know that, you know that, and, and I also know that not, not only can I not quit at prayer when it gets difficult, but, uh, but I need help. I need someone to teach me how to keep going, how to start over. I need someone to guide me. What I don't need is for someone to try to convince me that developing a healthy prayer life is easy. What I don't need is someone who's, who's trying to tell me that the reason I sometimes struggle to stay with it is because I haven't managed to stumble across some super secret shortcut. What I don't need are three easy steps. What I don't need is someone who gives me a one-sentence definition of what prayer is that robs it of all its mystery. What I need when it comes to prayer, brothers and sisters, what, what I need is to actually pray. Not just occasionally, not just every once in a while, not just when I'm at church, not just when I, when I have something I desperately need. I need to learn how to pray with the same unforced rhythm that I used to breathe in and breathe out. And in order for that to happen, I need someone who's going to be honest with me about the daily effort it's going to take to fully open up my heart and share it with God and fully share God's heart in return. What I need is somebody who's going to tell me the truth about the, the effort it's going to take over and over every single day for me to realize that while prayer at times begins with this kind of one-way street, not a conversation, but more of a dictation to God about my wants and my, my needs and my desires, that over time, prayer is designed to move from being this one-way street to a two-way street, a give-and-take conversation between me and God, where I move beyond my needs to focusing on other people's needs, and I move beyond just my desires to focusing on God's desires, God's desires for me and for this world that God obviously loves so very much. I think part of my struggle when it comes to developing a healthy prayer life is that I don't think of it in terms of being faithful. I think of it in terms of being perfect. In fact, there's times when I compare myself to other Christians in their prayer lives and I start to think it's some kind of a competition. And once we get to the place where we're not just trying to be faithful in that conversation with God, but we're trying to do it perfectly Everything starts to go haywire. We start to lose our way. I, I'll never forget a conversation that I had with a, a good friend of mine, a spiritual mentor, a, a guide in my life who, who had this prayer life, who still has a prayer life that I look up to, that I respect. And I got to this place of frustration and difficulty. I was incredibly stressed out. I had so much going on, I couldn't see straight. And, and, and it's in those kinds of times, I don't understand why this is, but it's in those kinds of times when I need to pray the most that I tend to pray the least. 
So I, I got super busy. I got super worried. And the first thing that went out the door was my regular daily quiet time with God. And in its place were all of these, these panicked flare prayers, you know, these, these fiery bursts of emotion and, and passion that I would kind of aim towards heaven because I knew I was in trouble and I knew I needed help and I knew I needed it now. And, and those kinds of flare prayer conversations with God, they're often genuine and vulnerable and open. But there's just not enough there. There's not enough spiritual calories to maintain a healthy relationship with God. You can't build a foundation of a prayer life on these panicked moments of begging for help. And I knew that. And I had a steady diet of it. So I went to my friend and I I was feeling overwhelmed with with all the overflowing fullness of my to-do list. I, I I was feeling guilty because my relationship with God in the midst of all that was the first thing I stopped paying attention to. And I said, look, my everyday life, is, is ruining my prayer life. I, I know I need to pray, but I'm not praying, not nearly enough. So tell me where to start. Tell me how to start over. And I realized in, in my 20s, talking to this, this friend of mine who I looked up to, that it, it, in some ways it sounded ridiculous that I was talking about starting in a prayer life. But that's how stuck I felt. That's how much I was struggling and wandering at that moment in my life. And, and without missing a beat, when I said, I need help, tell me where to start. He said, you know, when I was in that place, Jared, and I've been in that place, and I'll probably be in that place again, but I made a decision, and I started praying for two hours solid a day. That's what it took. I said, two hours? He said, two hours. I said, two hours a day? He said, two hours a day. And I said to myself, this is never going to happen. I I was still stuck in this, this place of trying to do it perfectly, and even worse than that, I was caught up in some sort of internal competition with my friend about who was the better person when it came to a prayer life? And I realized I wasn't ever going to win. If it was going to take two hours a day, I wasn't even going to try. And what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is as much as I don't need somebody who, who tries to assure me that developing a healthy prayer life is as easy as one, two, three, I also don't need somebody to tell me that, that developing a healthy prayer life is as easy and, and when I say easy, I mean as easy as climbing Mount Everest or setting foot on the surface of the moon. I am convinced that the truth about a healthy prayer life is somewhere in the middle of those extremes. It's somewhere in this place where, where we know it's going to take work to get there, but all of us can get there if we give it a good, honest try. We just need someone to teach us. We need someone to teach us. And the good news this morning, brothers and sisters, is we have someone to teach us. We have this good spiritual friend, this mentor, this guide. We have Jesus Christ, God's own son. And he knows how hard it is for us to maintain a healthy prayer life, this this healthy interaction with God every single day where we open up our heart to what God wants, to what God is calling us to, to to see what God sees, to, to, to go where God is calling us to go. Jesus knows that struggle, and he knows that we need help. He knows that we need someone to show us the way, to teach us. And in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus lays out this straightforward example of where we can start, or maybe for, for some of us this morning, where we can start again if we're stuck or if we're feeling drained, if we're feeling like we don't know how to reconnect with God in the midst of all the, that we're facing and dealing with, we can start over. 
And this is, this is what it's like, Jesus says. This is what it sounds like. Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Protect us from temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to you forever and ever. Amen. How do you pray in the best of times? This is how you pray. How do you pray in the worst of times? This is how you pray. How do you pray when you're stuck? This is how. How do you pray when you feel like you're, you're overcoming? This is how. How do you pray when you're sick? This is how you pray. How do you pray when, when you've been healed? This is how you pray. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, this is how we pray. Jesus wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants to teach us. And for the next six weeks, we're going to live with these words that he's given us. We're going to listen to them. We're going to speak them to one another. And we're going to do more than just listen and speak. We're going to use our hearts to hold on to these words. And we're going to pray that God uses the the words of Jesus to make us more like Jesus. No matter how inexperienced or experienced you may happen to be this morning when it comes to praying, no matter how inconsistent or consistent you already are in your prayer life, no no matter if you tend to pray for two minutes or two hours when you pray, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter who you are. The truth is, all of us have more to learn from Jesus when it comes to prayer. All of us. And he's constantly trying to show us. He is constantly trying to teach us. We have to be open to it. We have to have a sense that, that as far as we've come, Jesus wants to take us even farther. In addition to the, the sermon times that we're going to be sharing in together over the next six weeks, uh, we have designed two key resources that I want to talk to you a little bit about for the next few moments. First, we've created this daily memory card uh, that, that contains in it the version of Jesus's prayer that we're going to be using throughout the rest of the series. And there there are different sizes that we've created for different phones and tablets. We've even designed a kid's version of this memory card. And and what I want to just encourage everyone who's watching this to do is is go to our website, download that memory card, put put it on your camera roll. If you've got a working printer at home, go ahead and use that, print it out, find a way that you can easily access it at least twice a day, whether you're by yourself or you've got a family uh, that you're, you're sheltering in place with. Find a way throughout this series, two times each day, to say these words, to say Jesus' words. I, I promise you, when we give time each day to open our hearts up to Jesus' words, we're changed. Our, our spiritual attention is shaped where we, we suddenly are looking in new places and we're noticing God showing up and doing things that we would miss if it weren't for this focus. So I ask you to do that. You know, I even heard somewhere that people are suggesting that in this time of needing to thoroughly wash your hands, it takes about 20 seconds to say this prayer out loud. Find a way to do that two times a day and see how God uses Jesus' words to shape your life. And second, uh, starting today, in addition to this daily memory card, uh, we're, we're putting online 
a weekly devotional guide. And it's designed specifically to work whether you're using it by yourself as an individual or you're using it with your family or another small group. Um, We want to find a way for you to focus your heart to have a Bible study on Jesus's prayer that goes beyond uh, the Sunday morning sermon. Uh, So download it. You can put it on your phone or your tablet or your computer. uh, Print it out. Find a way to use this throughout the week. We have really wrestled with what's the best way to continue Bible studies at a time when we can't meet face-to-face in our our usual Bible classes. We really want to find a way to help equip you, to help all of us learn and grow and develop outside of Sunday mornings. I want to be clear. This series that we're launching today, it's not about how to pray. It's not about generally what does it mean to pray. It's about how we can learn to pray like Jesus. And what that means is we can't just repeat Jesus's words over and over again. We have to find a way in repeating Jesus's words to also repeat Jesus's way of life, his prayer life. And Jesus's words are a wonderful place to start, but brothers and sisters, they're just a start. If we're going to really be changed if we're really going to develop the kind of prayer life we were created to have, we're going to have to do more than repeat the words or listen to the words. We're going to have to find a way to get those words into our hearts. We're going to have to find a home in our hearts for Jesus's imagination of God's kingdom breaking in. And in order for that to to take place, we have to be dedicated. We have to be devoted and in that devotion, we're going to find we don't just listen to Jesus's words but we become more like Christ to the point where we can see what Christ sees. We can feel what his heart feels. We can share the dreams that Christ has. We can go the places Christ is calling us to go. We can serve the way Christ is calling us to serve. Because this prayer isn't just something we say, it's something we're supposed to live. We've got to find a way to let Jesus' prayer find a home in our hearts and our souls. And I promise you, brothers and sisters, when we do that, deep down in our souls, all will be well. We're going to sing together a song now that speaks, that sings that truth. 